The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Wednesday, May 4th, 2022, season 18, episode number 7. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are fresh off the 2022 NFL Draft, so we've got a full show of opinions and thoughts coming out of that draft and a lot to talk about, a lot of picks for the Cowboys, a lot of uh, different people have different opinions, so we'll we'll get these guys' opinions, get them on the record. Tyler Smith taught us that. Absolutely, and it can be on a lot – all the way across the spectrum, right? From great pick to not so great pick. All right, so let's actually do that. Let's start first with Tyler Smith. He was the Cowboys' first round pick, number 24 overall. Uh, obviously, there are some people out there that think it was a reach, others think it was a great pick. Uh, let's go around the table. What were your thoughts on the first pick? Nick, we'll start with you today. Um, I thought it was the, it filled their need and it was their best player on their board to fill a need. So I think when that happened, I mean, they, maybe they would have taken other guards, but uh, this guy could come in, he could play guard. And I think if he just plays guard and starts, I think this is what I wrote yesterday. I think he would be a solid pick if he comes in and plays just like Connor Williams. If he's better than that and is a really good guard, I think it's going to be a good pick. If he eventually goes to tackle, I think it's a great pick. Amber. Well, you know, my initial thought was like, who is this guy? You know, I'm having to look, look up pictures, look up for highlights and put all, all this content out. And when you're having a hard time finding anything content wise, you're like, OK, well, then he's not that great. That's what, what your initial assumption is. So after looking more, like reading more about him, looking at footage and all that, one of the things that I think most people like at this point is his size, how big he is, how heavy he is. He has the size that they kind of need in the O-line. One of my biggest concerns, and it's been brought up to everybody's attention, the penalties, you know, the, him, the holding penalties. And my thing is, like, what do you do when you bring in a player like that, that you say, okay, well, you can teach that, you can improve that. But when you look at the track record so far, that you've had players like Connor Williams, a veteran guy. You've had Lyle Collins. You've had even Tyron Smith having holding calls. So when that's already like a problem on its own here, it makes me wonder how he's actually going to be able to improve in that aspect and be able to contribute as much as he can on the field without creating additional problems that the Cowboys already have to deal with. I think what I've settled on is I, I believe two things at the same time, which like kind of what you just said. I mean, I knew who Tyler Smith was. I, kn- I knew that he was a, an O-line prospect that might go in the back half of the first round, but I didn't know a ton about him. To be perfectly blunt, like he was not a name that we got too, too in-depth with on the draft show. I think the Cowboys did a better job than usual of kind of hiding him from us. Like he didn't come to the facility. He wasn't a Dallas Day guy, even though he could have been, which is interesting. Probably on purpose, if I had to guess. Um, so once I really started to dive into who he was, I was like, 
I I see the I can see the appeal here. Talking about a guy that just turned 21, he's absolutely enormous. Uh, he's certainly athletic. He's like a raw piece of clay. You know, you can mold him into whoever you want. And like Nick said, if you can turn him into a franchise left tackle, then this will be incredible value. Uh, but in the immediate, all of that stuff is true. That I think that there's going to be some work here. Like I would imagine, like this, I think this guy's going to have a steeper learning curve than some of the other guys we've seen come in, like a Zach Martin, or even like a sounds silly to say about a guy that was so young, even a Micah Parsons and a CD Lamb. Like I think Tyler Smith is good enough to start as a rookie, but I think it's optimistic to think that he's going to come in and dominate from the get, which. He could, and I'll eat that crow later, but that's just how I feel right now. And so I just have this nagging feeling like this this looks like it could be a great pick in the big picture, but if I'm trying to be better in 2022, we'll see. And so both of those things are kind of true at the same time, and I that's why my overall impression of this draft class is I'm like, I like what you're doing, but I don't think the team is better for this season after this draft, at least not significantly. You know, the one thing I will say about that when you talk about better for this season, I, if I'm making the evaluation on what what we think Tyler Smith can be this year um, and you look at the guy that he would have replaced if he's at guard, if he's at left guard and Connor Williams, the way I look at that is my biggest problem with Connor Williams outside of the penalties, which are kind of the same thing if you want to just say you kind of compare him person to person. Uh, the other part to it is, is really just about his ability to move people in the run game. Uh, I, I always thought the problem for Connor Williams is he just wasn't strong enough in the middle of that offensive line to be able to get much push. The one thing we know about this guy is he's big, he's strong, and he's mean. That's what we've been told. He plays mean. And for me, I look at that, and I, I think that gives you an, imp an immediate improvement in the run game if he is what they say he is as of right now. And, yeah, there are a lot of things that are going to have to improve, and I think that's really about getting him to tackle. But I think at guard, if you're asking to see this guy, move this guy, I kind of have some optimism that he may be able to do that. I think. I mean, I, I said that at the end of our last draft show yesterday is if I'm if I'm looking for an optimistic viewpoint on this guy right now, yeah, I think the one thing we know he does great, according to all the evaluators, is run block. 99th percentile, according to PFF, like he can get in there and maul. And what makes the Cowboys offense as effective as possible? generating success in the run game and that's awesome and i if i hope that works out i think it has the potential to but you also think a guy playing a new position he was a college tackle he's not a guard and pass pro is a big part of this we've also seen dak having a guy right on top of him in the pocket is a recipe for disaster and again you talk about steep learning curve Think about some of the guys this guy is going to have to go up against. I mean, we know the problems that the D-tackles in Washington present. We know what Philly just did drafting Jordan Davis. Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee is on the schedule this year. Vita Vea is back on the schedule. Aaron Donald's on the schedule. Like, that's what – when I say steep learning curve, yeah. I just mean, yes, I think this guy can help in the run game, but – it's a lot to ask for this guy to hit the ground running. And so I think that's more of a realistic viewpoint. Nick, when we think about uh, and Amber had mentioned it, but but when you look at the penalties, mm -hmm. like how much of a problem do you think that is? Because there are a lot of fans out there that that was the first thing they read about this guy. He has a ton of penalties from last year. Connor Williams, one of the reasons fans wanted him out was because he had a ton of penalties. What are your thoughts on, on the penalties? Well, I mean, uh, I think that, you know, it's certainly something that's an issue. Because I mean, your first question is, is who – 
Who in the American Athletic Conference is such a badass that you can't block? <laughs> that you can't that you're having to hold? That you know you would think you would be able to just you know, you know, stop them. Um, you know, I think if you wanted to take the flip side, you know, they, they play a lot of snaps. They play a lot more snaps. They play at a faster pace too. Explain that a little bit more because we talked about that a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, the offense that Tulsa uses is is this you know that high pace where they they we Chris Beam looked it up the other day. I mean, nine hundred and nine snaps when some of the other guards were in the seven thirty seven forty range. So not only is that a lot of snaps, but you're playing a lot of snaps at the same amount of game at a fast you pace. fast pace. He's like quick, 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 and that, that's going to lead to some of that. I talked to his college coach Philip Montgomery. He says, yeah, he had some problems with his hands outside a little bit if he keeps his hands inside and really locks in he'll be fine he also mentioned and he said you know he admits he's biased he said his strength of absolutely throwing guys to the ground is what led to almost half the penalties he said there's times when that is absolutely not a penalty it was just he he just crushes this guy to the point where they're like well that that looks like a wrestling move that's got to be a flag whether or not that's just coach speak, I don't know. But, you know, he said that that strength kind of leads to some of that. People on the personnel side of the building said the same thing. It was like, go actually watch the tape and you will see that some of these are like flags of domination. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not a guy reaching for somebody that got past him as much as it's like, well, you body slammed him. Which, I mean, it's still a penalty. I yeah. get it. But I think the Cowboys think that they can – coach that out of him or at least maybe maybe he can get away with it a little bit better in the NFL. I mean if you Tyron Smith has had that problem over the years as well. Jason Gary used to get so mad and be like, you tell me where that's a penalty. Tyron Smith has just grown manning this guy. Yeah. And I mean it is what it is. I guess you, it's still a flag, so it's not like you can just write it off as something you don't have to work on, but if it's not they're not concerned that he like doesn't have the athleticism like he's lunging and grabbing. It's more yeah. like if he takes Deron killing people. If he takes Deron Payne and throws him to the ground and gets called for a penalty, that to me will be the equivalent of one of those like goaltending calls when they fly, they lay it in and you just swat it to the sixth row. You can have the two points, but just know it's gonna be like this all day right, long. Yeah. So like kind of take that one. I'll take it. Yeah. 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 All right. Um I do have a question though. Sure. You know, we keep talking he he's a tackle. He's coming out of a tackle. Uh and he's expected to move to guard position. And I know a lot of O line men have that kind of flexibility where you can kind of switch them around a little bit. But I've also seen the type of players that they do struggle a lot more when you switch them from position to position. So are you guys just Dave, Nick, like in general, kind of expecting that to really be a transition and a great learning curve to happen here? Or is he going to be really a guy that can come in and actually help at the guard position right away? I I mean, I, it's a bad pick if he doesn't start at guard, honestly. Mm -hmm. Let's just be blunt about it. It's a bad pick if he's not ready to do that. If he yeah. loses the job to a guy that got benched last year, that's not what you want. Um, but, you, again, you talk about the youth and the athleticism and the size. Um, I definitely think he has that potential. I do think it's a good question because it's like this kid's 21 and we feel like this is going to be a learning curve anyway, and now you're going to cross-train him at both positions? It feels like a lot to ask. Um, Micah did it. Uh, that's rough. <laughs> I, I know. That's rough to compare him That to is that. not a statement I ever expect to come from you. Like That's a really optimistic statement when you say, well, Micah did it. Well, yeah, he was the best defensive player I know. in the league I last know. year maybe. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, they're probably going to need him. Let's be yeah. honest. It's yeah. six years running that Tyron has been unavailable for some reason or another. And they did. They've got Josh Ball, and they drafted a tackle. I'm sure we'll get to it. But, again, that's optimistic too is, like, guys that have never played in the regular season. Yeah. So – 
It's kind. I mean, to some degree, in the NFL, the NFL is kind of about getting thrown in the pool at some point. So, I mean, it's maybe not. It's you know, not ideal. So let's but go. That's but, this, how, yeah. but this happens a lot, though. And and where the ta- you know, you play tackle in college, but he probably could have played guard in college. It's just that he's good enough to play left tackle in that conference and and really in other conferences. If we want to get down to it, it sounds. What do you mean like, by that? You want to talk? Well, about yeah. That? I mean, like fans would have. A much better feeling about this guy if they knew the colleges and the coaches that were calling to get him to transfer. Let's be clear. Maybe it wasn't the colleges. Maybe it was people that represent the colleges. Or maybe it was people that were just informally inquiring. If, if he Who wanted knows? to go to the transfer portal, he could have gone to a lot of schools. And some of these some schools, big time schools. Some of these schools yeah. are, def- are playing for national championships every year. So that wouldn't so, be Texas. Yeah, yeah. Not, not to, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, well, maybe this year, though. So I'm just saying. Uh-huh. I guess tampering. One thing right I've learned. Is tampering in college football is that a thing? Do we have to worry about that? I mean, uh, no. Hey. For them, I mean, yeah. it is, now that you got NIL, now that you got NIL, yes, I think it is a part of it is a part of college football. Yeah, I, I, I actually asked what the rules are, and the rules are you cannot contact other players yeah. when they are not in the portal. But that still happens. I'll just yeah. say, I mean, People I'll fans. I'll pull a Nick, and so I mean, the tide could have turned on that guy. <laughs> it could have been a whole different story. There you go. But you know, the other thing to Getting think about here. Froggy over here so be careful (laughs) the other thing to think about here is that and this is my understanding you guys tell me if you think i'm wrong on this but to me it's an easier transition going from tackle to guard if they were saying this year you had this guy that played guard in college and now we're going to move him to tackle in the nfl and expect him to play this year i would be a lot more like "Eh, i don't i don't trust that i think going from tackle to guard though it's a little easier especially if you got the 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 strengths that he has which is the power like if you can play if you got the power and I actually think it might help with some of the penalties, too. When you're in tackle, you're kind of out on an island. So sometimes holding can be about you kind of get beat, you kind of have to recover, you grab a guy. Guard, you got a little tighter box there between the center and the tackle. So there, there isn't as much need necessarily to sometimes hold. So all those things being considered, I think the transition is actually easier so going let's to guard. So let's yeah. say you pin him down at Connor guard. Connor Williams did the same thing. Just throw that Connor out there. Connor Williams may not be as good a player. I know. I maybe. Know, just I know, maybe he's not as good a player as this guy. I'm but we'll see. Go ahead. He started. He did. <laughs> he held it because up they had to. They had to put him in there. <laughs> but I was just gonna ask. Looking at what they currently have right now, if you got Tyler Smith pinned down at guard, and for some reason something happens again, and Tyron Smith has to come out of the game, who's your guy right now? It comes down. Wonderful to- question. Sorry. Go ahead. It comes down to who's better at at your backup option. Is Connor McGovern your better guard? Um, then you know, and, and then Tyler Smith can slide out, or is is Matt Walesco or Josh Ball a better option at tackle? And are they better than Tyler Smith at tackle as well? Mm-hmm. Which I would hope not, but they might be. There isn't an answer to that question right now. There just isn't because yeah. we, we don't know how good Tyler is. Josh Ball played two weeks of pre- training camp football before he got hurt and redshirted, and Walesco is a rookie too. Yep. I would one of those three because Jerry Jones made it perfectly clear that he doesn't think they need a veteran tackle, which I thought was interesting because of yeah. Lesko. Yeah, actually, you know, I was going to talk about that a little later, but let's let's talk about that real quick because I do think these conversations go together. Well, let's go was uh, was drafted in the fifth round, 155th overall, um, and I think the question really is when you start looking at these offensive linemen. They threw out those names, but they got a lot of young guys, and particularly when you start talking about Ball and Farniak and now, well, let's go, and even Tyler Smith, none of them have really taken snaps. And so they're relying on them 
Do you think that they will go into this season expecting that one of those guys will be their swing tackle, knowing that Tyron Smith may not play all the games if history holds true? Let's get to Oxenart. I mean, let's get to that drill where they, you know, it's just that one-on-one drill. Let's see how bad that they are there. Let's see either either Chauncey Golston is 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 going to be the next LT, or you know these guys are awesome, or. They can't block. You know what I mean? Let's figure that out because that's when they'll go into it to the end of the season, into the you know heading into the season. Go, we need to trade for a veteran or we yeah. need to add a veteran. But I think for now they're gonna they're gonna be optimistic. What's that Mike Tyson adage? Everybody's, Everybody's got a plan played. until yeah. they get punched in the face, punched <laughs> in the mouth. I mean, that's their plan right now is yeah. for these young guys and. From what we hear, like Farniok's working a lot at center. Like yeah. they want competition at the center spot. They brought in two undrafted centers, so like they're sitting here right now thinking they've got a bunch of young guys that are going to push for spots. Hopefully that's true, but maybe on they can play. Maybe Labor Day weekend will be like, oh my god, they got to come on. Well, spend send a sixth round pick to somebody. <laughs> I mean, let's say that there's there's twenty practices at training camp. Yeah. I mean, how many do we think Tyron Smith will be playing or practicing? 10 or less, hopefully. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the left tackle here, the backup tackle is going to get a lot of snaps in the in the preseason games and in practice. So, you know, whoever that is, if it's Walesco, if it's Josh Ball, if it's a combination of both, maybe Terrence Steele gets some reps at the left side. So And going against ones. Going against ones. Yeah. Going against, you know, maybe Micah rushes out of there too. So I think, I think that whoever it is is going to get a lot of work at camp. I bet that's a wonderful point. And I mean, maybe Tyler Smith is such a stud that he can just kick out to tackle and move seamlessly. If not, I wonder if they would try to ask Steele to be their emergency left tackle and ball or uh, let's go can be a right right tackle. Yeah. Uh, You know, I actually was wondering about that. They they made it they made it sound like during the press conference that uh, they were going to try to during camp, give him some opportunities to kind of flip out to tackle and play some some tackle. I don't actually think that's the greatest idea. If you want him to be your starting guard this year, my thought is, as a rookie, Get him in let there. him focus on guard. Let those other guys look at look at those other guys as swing tackles and give him the opportunity to be the best guard he could possibly be. Do you guys agree with yes. that? Yes. That's easy to say until Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot and Randy Gregory gets sick and all of a sudden you're Stop like on all the wheels. <laughs> I'm making an, an I'm making a comparison to last right. year. Yeah. I mean, Micah didn't play edge in training camp. True. Yeah. So no We keep comparing this guy to Micah though. No, I don't like that. that. I I'm Dave sorry. Keeps okay. comparing. I'm not comparing him. <laughs> I'm saying the the asks of a guy like this are similar though. I mean, they liked him enough to draft him. There were other guys on their board. There were defenders on their board they could have taken, and they said this is the one. So that comes with a certain degree of expectation. But there's also a difference in a guy that's drafted what, what was it, thirteen and a, and yes. a guy that's drafted twelve. At, at I, 12 and guys drafted at 24. Sorry about you it. You know, I mean, Micah, Micah had a first-round grade. Tyler did not. So I think there's a difference between those and what you can expect from them coming out. They're know. not giving this guy a position, by the way. Yeah. This is all projection right. on our part. So that's how I'm going to operate. I, I want to see what he can do. Whatever. All right. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to keep going through this list, get to the second-round pick. Sam Williams, lots to talk about there. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. 
So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just $10 with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, $10, free shipping. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. All right, whether you're watching from home, cheering from the stands, Essler lenses will let you. Ah, you messed me up, Derek. Sorry. Will let you see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essler experts and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. Second segment of the break live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the 2022 draft. Cowboys just finished. Uh, let's get to the second round pick. Sam Williams, he is an edge. He was number 56 pick overall. Thoughts on the pick? Let's start with you, Dave. I keep saying it, and I'm sorry if I'm a broken record if you listen to the draft show, but uh, this it just reminds me of the Demarcus Lawrence pick, to be honest with you. And I know they didn't trade up to get him, but I think that they identified him as one of a very small number of edges that can do that, can bend the way they want, plays with the explosiveness they want. Set the Ole Miss sack record. Um Hell, like go. I mean, that the the cool thing about Sam Williams is you can go find. And I heard like he wants maybe he wants to be called D. I feel like I've heard that on the internet. I need to do some homework on that. Is Derek D. His middle name is oh. uh, Derek, I believe. Derek. Derek, I think. Oh, I I needed. I don't know. More creative way. He'll it be. More he'll creative way. Let's go. He'll that. be here next week, and I'm sure he'll talk about it. But maybe maybe he wants to be called D. Uh, anyway, D. Williams. That's, I believe. Basketball? I don't know. Right. D. Brown. Was there a D. There's Williams a Billy basketball? D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Lando Calrissian. Like, yeah. May the fourth, May the be, fourth with you. be with you. Yeah. Uh, any, I'm sorry. I always do that. You don't know, La- you don't know Lando? Huh? You don't know Lando? I didn't, I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're fine. Um, it's better, you, than, better to talk about that than talk about like the issues with this guy. Well, that's the thing. Well, we're going to get to that. So, Tell me how, what you think of him as a player first. You can go find tape of him holding his own and kicking ass against the guys that got drafted at the top of this draft, like okay. Evan Neal and uh, Charles Cross. It's a very, it's a very typical Cowboys pick. Like, I'm not saying he's 
better than the Kayvon Thibodeaux and Aiden Hutchinson's, but like he's on the short list of like the four to six guys that can do that. Were type there of any stuff. more left on the board at the time that they picked, or was it, it one of no. a situation where if you're going to get one of those guys, this is your last chance? And to Nick's point, uh, he was probably still available for a reason that wasn't about how well he bends the corner. Um, you said Demarcus Lawrence. I think uh, uh, Randy Gregory is also a guy you can compare him to mm-hmm. in this pick because they, they. Which I I don't mean to say like Demarcus fell for character concerns. Right. I just like they went up and got him aggressively because they were like, "This is the last guy. We got to get him, or else we're not getting an edge rusher." Gotcha. And that's how I they felt about this as well. Yeah, and I think the reason why he fell is for the same reason maybe as Randy Gregory. It's just they're just so teams are probably so concerned about his his off the field uh, issues that he's had and there's a lot of them and, and also his 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 character his demeanor his you know just there's a lot of things about him that are that are scary the tape has to be really really good to offset that and i guess y'all are looking at tape here. sorry yeah i'm, uh, I'm actually looking at him he's got some really good highlights yeah i mean you watch him cross? play no, that's Liberty. I got this. Or this Lamar, maybe. Right. Yeah, it looked like Mississippi State. I'm guessing he's going to have a few from that game. Probably. Yeah. What are you saying about Liberty? <laughs> it ain't. It ain't Alabama. No, it's no. not. It's Amber, not, your thoughts? It's not SEC. Well, my initial again, I, I always like to go from my initial thought to where I'm at now. My initial thought was like, what's up with these second round picks that the Cowboys always make that? With them, they bring in some kind of issue, whether it's injury-related or off-the-field related. Now, um, I decided to put that aside after listening to the press conference and say, okay, well, they clearly say that they've done their investigation. They've talked to many other people to get their input on, on this guy's demeanor, personality, and him as a person. So they've done their homework and feel, felt confident enough to bring in him bringing him here to the building but watching him as a player and watching highlights and all that he looks like he's a pretty good player he, does, he has yeah. the size he has the build for it he looks and a good thing we we have numbers that's gonna differentiate players and all that and their names because he has a similarity face-wise with uh micah parsons i don't know if you kind of i actually think he has a similar build yeah i agree the with build that, too yeah, but even the face he, i saw this thing I'm, I'm scrolling down and i'm like why is micah wearing a 52 a 54 number jersey and that was um sam just posting the number that he's gonna be wearing but yeah physically he looks like he's pretty good so i'm excited to actually see him play and see what he can do here. Because as a player, he looks like he definitely has talent. The other thing, too, is Ole Miss asked him to do a lot of dirty work. Like, he gave an interview recently where he talked about, like, they had him playing a four inside technique where you're, like, head up on a tackle or in between the tackle and guard more so than, like, playing out wide, which... Not that it affects the Cowboys, but Trayvon Walker out of Georgia is a very similar story where Georgia just asked him to do a lot of stuff as an edge setter and a run defender. So... Uh, he did. He definitely did do some of that stuff. But Sam Williams, he he did more than just play the edge and and just go after the quarterback. Uh, so I I think there's even more that you could probably tap into. Like pure, purely from a football standpoint, I think it's a very good pick. But one year after doing something very similar and you already sort of have misgivings about it um you know it's totally fair to question that logic because I think Nick, you and I have talked about it. I mean. 
I think we all liked Randy as a person, and and he did do some amazing things. But like over the course of seven years, yeah. did you get your bang for the buck in terms of how often he was on the field? Probably not. Jalen Smith, did it work out the way you wanted it to? Definitely not. Kelvin Joseph, you're already feeling not wonderful about it, and now this and it, like. For as smart as they feel when they do this stuff, the return on investment hasn't been great. It hasn't. Let me, let me ask you guys this question, though. Is this a an across-the-league thing? Because I would think for a lot of teams, the second round is about guys who have first-round potential, but for whatever reason are in the second round. And that can be for off the field. That can be for injury concerns. Like, that would seem to me like that would be across the league a, a trend that a lot of teams do. Is that – the case, and maybe just because we cover the Cowboys, that's what we see from the Cowboys. But really, this is every team that deals with this. I think it depends. I, I mean, think there's that many guys that are, have character issues like that. If, if or like, injury issues or whatever it is, right? Yeah. It, again, I say it all the time. It's about stealing value, and that's what they're trying to do. They try to steal the value mm-hmm. of a really good player that doesn't look like a second-round pick. But yeah. there's probably half the league that's like, oh, we're not messing with this guy. And honestly, if you read some of the, the stuff from their reports, from their internal reports, you would have never drafted them. So, like, the Cowboys, they, they, they're fully aware of everything. They're just like, we feel like he can be a better player than that. What would you say, when you look at it, all those players that have come in with some kind of issues mm-hmm. and that the Cowboys decided to take a risk and bet on them, what would you say would be, like, the percentage success rate <laughs> of – situations like this and i just think i laid out all the ones that that have happened since i've been here right i mean since you've been here yeah well i I mean mean, are we being are we being a little bit like if you go back and look at the last several second round picks not all of them fit in that category most of them Mm -hmm. don't fit in that category of either injured or off the field concerns yeah kelvin joseph trayvon diggs tristan hill wait 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 Uh, kelvin joseph does right Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're but just naming the second round picks? I'm naming all the second round okay. picks, and I'm like, not all of them fall in that category. Okay. You know, Tristan Hill, Connor Williams. Like, these are not guys that, that you that you say fell for a reason other than just they were second round picks. I want right? to be clear. Tristan came with no, like, legal concerns, True. but there were definitely questions about his maturity and his coachability. Which, again. Which Rod Marinelli made a big deal about, like, I'll get it out of him. Yeah. But is that most like is that a lot of second round picks to where there are reasons yeah, why yeah. they're in the second round and it may not be because of play it may be because there's another thing that's in their character that's just not you're right, quite you're right. right every second round pick there is a reason why they're not a first round right. pick and you can say that pretty much about every round two or three rounds right. and in, in everybody you just named I mean Trayvon Diggs I mean he's not going to be able to to cover that well because. All of his guys around him are making the plays at Alabama. He's not the one really making yep. the plays, okay, which is wrong. I mean, same yeah. Connor Williams. He's going to have to make this transition to guard, and can he do it? So there's a reason why every second-round pick, and some of it's off the field, some of it's not. Right, that's my point. So you're always yeah. trying to steal value. Yeah. You know, you're just saying, I can handle it. But I think, I mean, the Cowboys, so again, in the time I've been here, um, Jalen is probably the biggest yeah, one. Absolutely. People just yeah. didn't know if he was going to play again. Uh, Kelvin, no legal issues, but sort of what we talked about. Just like this is a guy that you never know when just you're going to get a to, yeah. You're going to get you might get a phone call the about third this guy. Risk. Kelvin, yeah, or Sam is or Kelvin that one. Kelvin, Kelvin. oh Kel, yeah. And then in between that, um, who am I blanking Randy, on? I mean, Ra- Randy, Randy, yeah, Randy. Yeah. I would put two behind Jalen. 
And then, are, are, would you put Sam? I don't know. But those those are the four. Those right are the four, there. yeah, in the last how many years? When yeah. was Greg, Gregory was, what, eight years, seven years ago? Yeah. yeah. I mean, before that, I just know, was it 2011? I mean, it was like Bruce Carter. You mm-hmm. know, was a guy that had torn ACL. And they decided was Sean, Sean coming hurt? Yes. yes. Yeah. Sean Lee. You can yeah. Sean him. counts as a hit. Yeah. yeah. Although Sean yeah. was not... Like the way they're structured and the way they do it, like Sean's not a Will guy. If you want to break it up into eras or whatever, like Will didn't run that draft. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, they've they've hit. Sean's definitely a hit in my book. Yeah, no, in anybody's book, he's a hit. Um, but yeah, just recently, it, it hasn't worked out as well as you would you would have hoped, considering how willing they are to do it. And and obviously, the the story's still to be written on Sam's story sure. still to be written on Kelvin Joseph, like. We don't know about them just yet. Obviously, Which, you know there are things that you that you're concerned about, but it hasn't been written yet. There were there were off-field character concerns about Micah, and he has been nothing like nothing of that sort has really followed him in his NFL career to this yeah. point. He's been a model NFL player, as far as I'm aware. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the third round. A pick that I think across the board, everywhere I've looked and seen people writing or talking about the Cowboys draft, they point to this pick as one of the best, if not the best value pick that the Cowboys got. Uh, At the 88th overall pick, they get Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver out of South Alabama. What are your thoughts on that pick? Nick, let's start with you. I think that, you know, he was probably the guy that they had, you know, rated as their best receiver at the time and and a player that they – wanted to draft in the second round um you know jerry jerry wins you know some of these uh debates and i think he won that one with sam williams um but but tober was on their board for the second round so yeah. to get him in the third i mean i think that they're really ex- excited about that uh small smaller school guy uh but showed you know showed up against you know some of the better competition at the senior bowl but also against like tennessee that's what you're looking for yep i feel that this guy's um He's going to be the player that I feel is going to be able to give you the most out of all the draft picks that the Cowboys selected. So I'm excited to see him. He has talent. He, based on his position and the current situations that the Cowboys are dealing with at the wide receiver, he's the one that that's going to be able to contribute right away. And I think he will do a good enough job for it to turn out well, at least this year. So I'm excited to see him. And... That's my favorite one, just as most people. He has been the fa- the favorite one in this draft. There were important voices in the war room that wanted to take him at 56, like meaningful people that thought it was a good idea. Um, he's, yeah, he's versatile. I just I love his skill set. I think, I think he's the most ready-made player of anyone they drafted. I'm not saying he's going to, like, take the league over, but I expect him to be a starter. Michael Gallup caught 33 balls for 500 and something yards as a rookie. I, I think he's capable of that type of contribution right away. So let me ask you, I want to further that question uh, on the fact of him being NFL ready. Is he NFL ready enough to be able to start the season contributing maybe even more than will be, will be expected of him in the second half of the season due to the fact that you're probably not going to have Michael Gallup? Michael Gallup did it as a rookie because they cut Dez and they signed you know, a bunch of guys that weren't long-term answers. Yeah, I mean, I think he can do some. I think he'll be in the starting lineup week one. I mean, guessing. Yeah. Just, of course, we can always be wrong, but I think so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how much, uh, how, you know, quickly he picks it up, but I think so. I mean, uh, you know, they, they this is a guy that they had targeted. They wanted, you know, they wanted Dak to call him to see, you know, mm-hmm. and that, 
it let them kind of create some chemistry, which I think, you know, they were able to do that. So that's a good start, and we'll see. I mean, they don't have a lot of options at receiver. I mean, it's going to be CD and James Washington, and, you know, I'm talking about a training camp, and, and he'll get a lot of reps. If it's not Tolbert, it'll be Noah. <laughs> or or we throw Jake Ferguson in there and just go 12 personnel all day. Let's well, let's go that. to Jake Ferguson. He was a fourth-round pick, number 29 overall, tight end. Uh, do you think he can immediately come in and, and maybe make them kind of flip their model from last year they were mostly an 11 team to maybe going back to some of the stuff when Jason was here where they did a lot more 12? you think that's possible for him in his rookie year? I hope he doesn't flip their philosophy as a team. I think receiver is still a strength of all of this when it's all said and done. But I mean, but early in the season, let's say before Gallup is back, I'll be disappointed if he doesn't win the backup job. I, and I don't know if he will. But you, again, like Nick said this about Tyler Smith. Like I don't care what they say. I think they tilted their board toward their needs, and that's fine if you're right. Uh, but like it was, I think it was Jake Ferguson at 129 all day. Once some of the other tight ends got taken, I think they had interest in Trey McBride at 56. He got taken before they picked anyway, so it didn't matter. They really liked Kate Otten out of Washington. He was the first pick of the fourth round, mm-hmm. and like from that point on, I think they were like, "This is our guy. It's Jake Ferguson." Yeah. So to target him, and really like, I don't even think they debated that pick uh, the way that they debated the Sam Williams pick or whatever. And so yeah. I, I, that puts a certain degree of expectation that that he can play meaningful snaps as a rookie. Was that also maybe because, I, like as you said in the second round with Sam Williams, was it at a point in the draft where all those tight ends that they liked were starting to come off the board and they were down to, hey, we got to get this guy here because we've already missed on two others that we really liked. And that's why there wasn't a debate maybe. Yeah, I think there was a, um, some talk about trading back into the third round to get to getting – a guy, Otten, maybe Otten or Rucker, and then Rucker went off the board, and then Otten went early in the fourth on the next day. So, uh, yeah, at that point, you have to get, you know, you get what you want. But, but they, you know, the thing about it is, is what they need that backup tight end has to be a blocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and he has to be a guy you could play on the line. And I would hope, being at Wisconsin, I would hope that that that's, you know, they run the ball a lot. He gets on the field. It's a first team All Big Ten. So if you're first team all Big Ten, you're obviously getting your stats, but you're on the field a lot because they're running the football. So he's doing. Are we showing blocking? Yeah. No, we're just spot. we're not showing the blocking, but we're showing him kind of catching passes. But that was he's obviously feel pretty good. Yeah, too. that was actually the first thing I thought about with any tight end prospect was I'm looking Kenny block because that's been the thing I think they've missed more than anything else at the tight end position. Probably going back to when Martellus Bennett was here. Like I don't know that they've had a really good blocking tight end. In a long time, and and I, I really think that's necessary for them if they're gonna there get their go. running game going. Colleges don't put out blocking yeah. tight ends the way that they used to, but it's like fullbacks, right? If I'm looking for something to be optimistic about, this dude's coming out of one of the like three or four programs that really still does ask their tight ends to do that. I mean, yeah. Wisconsin, power eye, run the ball down their throats. So again, like. I hate to say ready-made about a fourth-round pick, but I I would hope he knows how to do a lot of the stuff that they would ask of him as the second tight end. And you're not asking a tight end to be a dominating blocker. You're asking a tight end to be a get-in-the-way blocker, a willing get-in-the-way blocker. I would love it if he could be a dominant blocker. Yeah, but I I just don't think that's like you said. They're not creating those guys. They're not developing those guys in college these days by and large. Uh, If you can get someone who's willing and knows how to position his body in the right way to just create creases – and to be able to maintain where they are, I think that that's all you 
you really need. You don't need somebody's getting pancakes. Some you know? of the mm -hmm. scouting reports that I read, I mean, some of the things that they highlighted on there was just that he's a decent, pretty good blocker. And after I started watching some of the highlights, too, he might not be the guy that just holds up the guy there forever or anything like that, but he will buy you those extra seconds that you mm -hmm. might definitely need on a play. So at least that's a positive and something to look forward to this year at the tight end position. I was yeah. watching him there. Yeah, absolutely. He has a good size, too. He's got some wit to him at the end. I'm talking about in the what end, way? end of his career, Witten. In the way that, like, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, um, like, yards after the contact. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's not breaking a lot of tackles. kind of goes down right then. And his blocking is kind of a in-the-way type of blocker. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know. That's not the that's not the worst comparison you could have. Well, Je I didn't think Jason was a great blocker, but at the height of his career, I thought he was a very effective blocker. Yeah. Um, and if you can get again, if you can get somebody who's effective at it, that's really the key. I bet. And, uh, I bet he's on the field. That. I bet he probably gets. Other than Tyler Smith, I bet he probably gets the most snaps of anybody on the. More team. than Tolbert. Yeah, that'll be close. That'll be close. And if Tolbert helps you on special teams, like a punt returner. Then maybe, maybe Tolbert. Right. And then Devin Harper, I think, is also going to get a lot of snaps. All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about those last few picks, Bland, Clark, uh, Ridgeway, and Harper, uh, and then just kind of get some overall thoughts on the draft from these guys. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United, United Ag and Turf. Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT&T... Everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone. Even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. 
Miller Lite proudly presents the first Cowboys Taco Fest at Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium this Saturday, May 7th. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo with world-class tacos, drinks, live music, and more. Take advantage of early bird pricing with tickets as low as $15. Visit SeatGeek.com, the official ticket provider of AT&T Stadium Taco Fest. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we got to the first of four fifth-round picks uh, when we talk about Matt Walesko. Uh, let's talk about those other three picks, and none of them, to Dave's chagrin, was a kicker. Uh, but My chagrin went out the window when I saw what Cleveland did. I mean, they drafted Cade York ahead of uh, Jake Ferguson. I, I, yeah. Fourth round's too soon for me. I just, mm-mm. Yeah. So I, I felt okay about that. And then the rest of them fell out of the draft. I still would have liked them to get one, just... I would have drafted York. Uh, I mean, how can you argue with the strategy when they had their? I mean, Dicker went. Dicker went an undrafted free agency like everybody else. Yeah, you didn't get. You didn't get him. I don't know if they were trying. Maybe to they get didn't him. want. Yeah, him. maybe they didn't want to get him. Maybe they weren't trying. I heard. I would have loved to have them get some kicker What's to bring he here just to, to compete. Huh? They brought in one that was undrafted. Did they? Gary Bay. I'm not telling you. This guy's fine. I'm not telling you that he's the truth. Or that you have to trust it, but I heard reliably that Jonathan Garibay is the one that John Fossil wanted. Like that's the guy he liked. Just telling you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> he's just telling he's you. He's 15 Derek. out of 16. Why? Wow, what? Why are you doing? Why are you doing that at 50, me? 15 out of 16. Inside yeah. of 50. Perfect inside of 50. 15 to 16. 15 out of 16 on the season. 14 oh. out of 14 oh, yeah. inside of 50. Right. And he hit a 62 yarder to win the game. And have you ever been to Lubbock? <laughs> no. It's windy. Don't think I ever will. It's windy. I heard Fossil went to Lobbick. Well, to go there see him. Know. Yep. He worked Loved him? him? Yeah. No, that's him worked him out. Again. 62 yard to win the game. Look, I look not I'm before not gonna, the half and you know, to win it. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that. I mean, but but I, but, I will guy. say he's but only wanted, I wanted my guy. Fifty four so. out of fifty six. Okay, your guy, your guy went to a team that has a Pro Bowl kicker. I know. I don't understand that. Kickers are that, kicking competitions are weird, though. Why, and that, that said to me, the Cowboys and a lot of other teams probably weren't trying to get him. Because if you go somewhere like that, you're probably like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to make the team. But, right. but, it, but it's weird with kickers, though. Like, because you're even when you're on another team, you're auditioning for another team's True. job. And they have Matt Gay. He's a pro bowler. Dicker's probably going to get a lot of run in the preseason, and if he does a good job, he could wind up somewhere else. Like, yeah. I, it seems counterintuitive, but I, in a, I sort of get it in a weird way. I like, just think I would have thought that he would try to look for a team where there's at least less of a of a like dominant guy there, mm-hmm. and then you might have a chance of not having to go audition for somebody else. You literally stay where you are. But who knows? I mean, that might have been the only opportunity he had. Who knows? I was going to say like it's it's weird, man. Because uh, a great example is Matt Ariza, the mm-hmm. San Diego State punter. People call him Punk God. Yeah, he was the third punter drafted. And outsiders are like, what the hell is going on? Why doesn't anybody want this guy? And meanwhile, the NFL is like, we're good. They're like, he's got a great leg. That's awesome. He outkicks his coverage all the time. His directional punting isn't amazing. We like these other guys better because they do what we ask them to. I don't give a damn if you punt at 90 yards, if you give the punt returner 15 yards of free space to return the ball. Yeah, he's wild thing. And so, you know, maybe it could be a similar situation with a guy like Dicker where the John Fossils of the world are like, eh, I don't like his mechanics. I like yeah. this other guy better. Yep. Not saying they're right. Yep. Not saying they're right. All right, let's talk about these three fifth-round picks. You got Deron Bland, a cornerback. 
Uh, you've got Damone Clark, a linebacker that a lot of people really love the pick. And you got John Ridgeway, who Dave, I, I just, the way y'all were going on <laughs> on the draft show, like I was like, y'all are in love with this dude. Because his interview was really good. If you hadn't heard it, you probably ought to go back and listen to it. But it was a really good interview. Talk to me about those fifth round picks. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm on the draft show, but I'm very open about the fact, like, I don't watch 500 players. I didn't know anything about John Ridgway other than that he went to Arkansas and was a big guy. And he got on the phone with us. <laughs> he blew my socks off, man. He just, he's like, you think I played with an edge in college? Wait till I'm in the league. And then I was like, how do you, like, you know, tell us a little bit about your game. He's like, I'm just trying to get out there and break some necks and hit some people. I was like, okay, well, if you play like you talk, this is awesome. Like, I don't, not only like... Out because two picks ago we just drafted a guy that right. got neck injuries and y'all both were at the Senior Bowl. So what was going on? Yeah, there for at real. The senior Bowl. Yeah, yeah. This guy, Nick. You, I mean, you obviously watched Arkansas, a lot of Arkansas football. Yeah. What did you think of, of Ridgeway? Uh, four or five plays that I remember. I mean, something's got to give here. Either yeah. he's not that good of a player, or Arkansas's defensive line coaches need to be playing this guy a little bit mm-hmm. more. Uh, he, he didn't stand out to much, uh, much to me. And I, like yeah. you said, I watched every game. There's a few plays here and there. But and I, by the way, they were drafted for traits when they get yeah. to this point. It's not so much about necessarily production as much as it is yeah. about traits. Yeah, this right? isn't this dominant player in college that um, – oh, we're watching some tape. So, uh, I do <laughs> remember the Texas game. Of course, he's playing against Texas. Yeah, today. I yeah. do remember. I remember that this was his first game huh? that he played. Uh, oh, they won. No, oh, they won. Yeah. yeah, they won. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he, he plays definitely with an attitude. <laughs> yeah, he has some yeah. attitude for same sure. Same play, same play, but uh, that's okay. I remember this was because the first game of the season he had, like, appendicitis, so he didn't play. So everybody, you know, was like, there's Ridgeway, there's Ridgeway. You know, this is his first game he'd play. He was a transfer from Western Illinois? One of the Illinois. Southern Illinois, Southern maybe. Illinois, yeah. They got one in every direction. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So... Uh, the east one was from Romo. The west yeah. one was uh, a guy named uh, we drafted that third round pick. Remember him, Western Illinois linebacker? Illinois State. I'm sorry. Ooh. Oh, Illinois State. God, six six, three hundred and twenty. I don't. We didn't talk about that big at the boy. jump, but pretty much everybody they drafted is a big boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a lot of cases with a nasty attitude. Yeah. Which I think was, very... was done on on design. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked we, we talked about that weeks leading up to the draft that that there was a lot of thoughts around this building that they needed to get tougher. Need to get a little meaner, get a little more attitude, and uh, and so it wasn't a shock when it, when you started reading about all the guys they were drafting, and in their bios it said things like consider to be a mean player. Like I think that was by design. I think Cowboys were looking for a little meanness, a little toughness. Um, go ahead, you about to say something? Oh no, um, I was just gonna say when he gets up and does his little like celebration thing, it yeah. reminds me of Anton Woods. It's funny because it is. He does the exact same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like yeah, flexing. Yeah. But I, I was gonna say one thing that did surprise me. I guess I shouldn't have been expecting that, but I, for some reason I was a little surprised to see how many def- players they drafted on the defensive side of the ball. Like yeah. I was expecting to see a lot more on the offense, but also surprising was the fact that they did not um, make any trades. Mm. We've been talking about them trading up or doing whatever they. Kept all their picks yeah. at all of their positions, overall picks, and I think they had a few targets in mind in a few spots, and those didn't materialize. Like 
tight end in the third round being one of them. Uh, I think the guys that they really liked didn't fall far enough. The first round prospects that they were really in love with to the they point. They had opportunity to trade back in the first round. That was an yeah. interesting one, yeah. uh, and mainly it, because of the player that, that the team was trying to get up to get. Tennessee yeah. was trying to get Tyler Smith. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then I think um, – I'm like fighting off a sneeze. I'm sorry. Um, when you get to this point where you have five – or four fifth round picks, excuse me. Steven said it is like their grades were really well favored starting in like the fourth round going through there. And I think they were just like, why not pick four of these guys that we have really good grades on and hopefully we'll hit on at least a couple of them, yeah. which I don't mind that strategy at all. That's why I don't have super strong opinions about any of the day three guys because you're just throwing darts. And then the more picks you make, I think the more likely it is one of them will be a good player. Your guy, Damone Clark, uh, they got in the fifth round, 176th overall. Let's watch and this tape. What was that? Damone Clark? Clark? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Because the, the, the thing about him is everybody, I think across the board, everybody believes this guy is way better than a fifth-round pick. But because he had to have surgery on his spine uh, here back in March, I think there are a lot of teams that obviously allowed him to slide down their board. Do you think this was a good investment for the Cowboys? I think from a value standpoint that this is the best pick that they made uh, just because there's no risk. I mean, if this doesn't work out, it's a fifth-round pick. It's Go look at their history with yeah. fifth-round picks. It's fine. Uh, but this guy should have gone in the top 100. I think, I think if healthy, he would have been drafted higher than Jabril Cox was last year. Um, so give me – I know everybody says, like, you know, top 100 or so. It, is this a guy that could have been a late first round? Is he a guy that's more like a second round? Is this a guy that's really more third round? I peg his range somewhere between 50 and 80. And there's, I mean, teams feel differently about yeah. different guys. There's no real way to narrow so it down. So late second, early third. Second or third round pick. Late second, yeah. Second or third round pick. I really believe that. Uh, he's a tackling machine. He had 135 tackles last year. He's, is that what he does best? Yes. He does, like, I mean, he doesn't miss tackles. Or he didn't. The funny, which... Just as a biased LSU fan, it was so much fun watching his growth because most guys that come into LSU are highly recruited. Mm -hmm. And through two – Humble brag. No, they just are. I mean, yeah. it's the same no, thing I'm, at Texas. I'm just messing with you. Uh, I'm messing with you. And he didn't really hit that ceiling his first, like, three years. Yeah. And you were like, okay, I guess this Damone Clark is just a guy. <laughs> yeah. And then in 2021, he just – hit his stride and became that yeah. dude uh there's some pass rush element to his game he had six sacks last year he literally he sacked AM twice to win the game last year two plays in a row he's like i'm ending this game i don't care i'm going to get this guy um starting defense whoa coverage is not his forte As but we see he's this. not but like yeah 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 he did do this down the field. No, I mean, he's just an all-around good player. From what I see mm. from here, his awareness is really off the charts. Yeah. I mean, like, he, he he recognizes where the play is going to be, and he goes and gets it. Now, yeah. uh, coverage is not his forte yeah. as he makes an interception 25 yards downfield. Yeah, but but <laughs> I guess, the you know, it's the elephant in the room. Like, like okay. Oh, did you see him just, like, run that guy down? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, that's fine. I just, it's, it's, we're at <laughs> wow. the point where... Is he? Are we going to see this guy? If we see this guy ever, then yeah, it's going to be great. But can he? I mean, neck fusion surgery on a linebacker—that's scary. Which, now, but just to, Van Der Esch had it. Yeah, just to be blunt about it, though, that's that's what makes it such that a great pick. Is no, doesn't make no. It. But when you spend, <laughs> but the way you said it, it's like as if that was. He had it like, last year, and he played yeah. throughout this this past yeah, season. Yeah. So. 
when you spend when you spend pick thirty four on a guy who might not never be the same, it's scary. And with all due respect to Damone, it's not scary when it's pick one seventy eight because. Again, go look through the history or 176. I'm sorry, look through the history of what they've done. Like, mm-hmm. you odds are you were just going to spend it on a guy that you cut in a year or two anyway, right. who, even if it was healthy. And it's like, oh no, he's not going to play this year. Well, Simi Fahoko did like got a jersey like three times last year. Right. So this is low risk, very high reward. And if I know anything. He's wearing number 18. That means something at LSU. That means that you're like a football first, high character, team leader, that the the classic like Jason Garrett right kind of guy. Will McClay told me yesterday, he was like, I was blown away by his approach. They met with him at the Senior Bowl, and he was like, this dude's just all business. Like, there's no... There's not to say he doesn't know how to have fun, but like he's dialed in on the job. You need some uh, of those guys. And so yeah. if somebody's going to overcome this and come back as good as or better than he was, I feel fine betting on this guy. Sean so like, Lee type of player? Yes. Yes. I like it. Uh, yeah. Like so, it. I mean, there is no downside to this pick as and, far as I'm concerned. And the good thing about that, too, is when it comes to rehab, now you can't rush injuries back, especially next. You know, it, 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 they're not, Cowboys wouldn't. Uh, allow you to do that but you know he's going to be diligent in the work and the rehab and the and the, you know everything it takes to get back and to get back as quickly as you can um and and that's that's what i like about it, especially when you're dealing with an injury mm-hmm. you know are you going to be dialed in are you going to be locked in even though you're not practicing are you going to be able to to you know be up to speed and it sounds like he would do that so when it you know comes time for him to play he should be ready because if football really matters to him, he'll make sure that he does that. We heard uh, Stephen Jones say that that you can't. They don't completely count out the fact that he could play this year. You guys buying that? I buy that it's possible, yeah. but I don't know how likely it is because again, like so, the timetable is six months, which suggests that he could be ready by like November or December. But then you think. A guy that no camp, no yeah. no no OTAs, no no training camp, no getting your feet wet, and that's the also the time of the year where if things are going the way that you hope they are, that you're sort of trying to gear up and get ready for big boy football. Um, which maybe he could come in and give you the shot, give you a shot in the arm, or maybe you're like, or maybe he's just eh. a special teams guy, give you yeah. a little support on special well, teams this year, right? Yeah, you don't have yeah. to close the door yeah. right now. So you don't like, have to close the door, but I'm not setting no. super high expectations but, for year one. But everything I just said about making sure he's you know he he he's locked in and all that. Like if you just said you're out of football this year, maybe he won't be that way. Let's yeah. just see. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he seems like he would be the type it's to be like challenge. he's like the hell I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. actually you know thing. they said the same thing about Jalen Smith if you remember. Mm-hmm. They didn't close the door on Jalen Smith playing True. that year yeah. when everybody. everybody Everybody else was like, he's not playing this year. Yeah. But Jerry didn't do that. Tell me about Deron Bland, because he's a guy that, um, as you started kind of looking for information, he there wasn't a lot of information out there about him, uh, but he was taken in the fifth round, 167 overall. What are your thoughts on Deron Bland, the cornerback? He fits the type. He has long arms. Mm-hmm. I've seen his tape. I mean, haven't seen much, but one thing that did stand out to me was how freaking long his arms are. Like, it's like a frog. Like, psh- <laughs> you know those stinky hands that you that little kids play with? It's like they just extend and are able to. He just has a really great reach. So yeah. that's about the only thing I really uh, noticed because I couldn't find much about him. But, yeah. You think, I don't know, those, you think that white tape makes it look longer? You know, The tape on the back on, of his arms? arms. 
No, here we, nah. I mean, no, I, I like I like that play right there a lot because you know he's getting turned and he recognizes the ball at the same time. I mean, a lot of times Next when you're play, getting yeah. turned, you're you're just trying to make sure you stay with the guy. Um, but but you know what I like about him and you know Dave, they probably studied him more or talked about him a lot more. But what I like about him is is that he's a big physical guy. He's also a track guy. Mm. He's a, like the track he can, guy. He can yeah. run. He's a long jump and a, and a sprinter. So I mean, like he's a he's a track guy type. He's just an athlete, but. Um, no, I mean you. You have to like the skills that you, that you see there. They had their eye on him for a while. He was a thirty visit guy. I think. Obvi- I mean, Dan Quinn obviously really likes him, or else you don't draft him. I just, I think you oh, talk. Turn. You talk about the traits like good size, good athleticism, good measurables. Wait, is he score off of this play? Yeah, this is one of the greatest yes. highlights I've ever seen. That was a really good Hold return. On. Yeah, you think about everything that happened on that play. He probably ran forty yards just to. Chase and get the interception. Get and up then the ran field. through traffic. A few broken tackles. Okay, I have a I have a backup kick returner here with uh with um Tony Shoot. Pollard. I was gonna say maybe he can be a return man. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, yeah. that that's yeah. a heck of a play because that you is. get that interception. A lot of times you, and you're like, okay, I'm go out of bounds. But I mean, yeah. he's like, so I can celebrate. Yeah. That that was it. I love the idea. I mean, there might not be a position on the team where there's less pressure to contribute right away. At least. As long as we're assuming Kelvin Joseph is going to be around, yeah. which I am right now, then you're like automatically sixth on the depth chart, and this can be a year. You know, Dan Quinn's probably going to just try to mold you and contribute on special teams. Like, I don't see a huge game. I don't see a huge defensive role for this guy right away. But do the traits give you a real chance to to grow. Absolutely. We, a lot of people are, are listening to us. They listen. You know, they're not watching the the video. They're just uh, listening to the audio only. What game was that that he intercepted that ball? In Do you know? It was a blue team, and he plays for Boise Fresno. State. Oh, Boise. Boise. I was going to guess Air Force, but yeah, Boise State. Okay, that was that was Fresno versus Boise. Yeah, go probably check it out. a ninety-nine hundred-yard interception return. That was a heck really of a nice play. play. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week. Uh, next week we're going to do a little more big picture of. Can't get uh, the Harper. Count- no love for Devin Harper, huh? Y'all want to tell me real quick about Devin Harper? <laughs> uh, I'll tell. You, I'll, I'm stealing this from Nick's thing yesterday. Like, I mean, that's a guy that can play a lot of special teams for you probably right away. Right away. Okay. He's, he's probably is he thirty years old yet? Oh, is he like twenty five? He he's he, he was at Oklahoma State for uh, at least six years. Mm. I mean, he redshirted, got four, got his COVID year, so he was there for six years, and, and so he's he's twenty four. He's like the super super senior, okay. uh, but but he runs a four four, and he's a he's Woo. a he's a run and hit type of guy. Uh, that's what Will McClay told me. He's like this guy runs, he hits, and last year he had eleven tackles for loss on defense. That that's a lot of that tackles is that's for a loss. lot, yeah. So um, that's just last year alone. So he's, is he going to get any burn at linebacker this year? You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's why they took another linebacker, knowing that Demone Clark's not going to be able to play right now. He'll play some backup linebacker, but play special teams. I feel a lot more confident. Which I mean, they protect their draft picks anyway. But for being pick one ninety three, I feel more confident than usual that he would make the team yeah. because Demone Clark's a pup guy for sure, mm-hmm. and. Um, and they don't have a ton of like uh, special teams type of guys on their linebacker course. Yeah. So never like write it in Sharpie, but for being pick 193, I think he's got a very clear path to the active roster. Yep. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. Back next week, we'll uh, get into some big-picture stuff around this draft and what it means, holes that may still exist that they may need to fill. We'll talk about that next week. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-